Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. This is a message from the UK government. Coronavirus was a national emergency. Life-threatening for people of all ages everywhere in the UK. But it's fixed now, honest. Unless, of course, you're unvaccinated, in which case it's your fault. Or you're clinically vulnerable or disabled, in which case we promise that at some point in the next six years, when there aren't that many of you left, we will actually announce our plans to reform the way social care is funded in this country. Or maybe we won't. Who knows? There's a lot going on. Look, the point is, we really need you to go back to work. Unless you get pinged, in which case you really shouldn't. Unless you want to use your best judgement and work anyway. But we didn't really say that. And if you're confused, then it's your own fault. It's not our fault. None of this is our fault anymore, OK? You're on your own now. Anything that goes wrong now is completely out of the government's hands. Don't look for any admission of guilt on our private email server either. We won't let you look at it. And if you leak it, we'll change the law and send you to prison for 14 years for embarrassing us. Democracy. Isn't it great? Please do all you can to continue to protect each other. Wear masks where possible, even though we've told you that you don't have to anymore, and we really haven't done much to counter the misinformation about how effective they are. You've got your freedom back now, and that's what really matters. Unless, of course, you have a compromised immune system and can't be vaccinated for medical reasons, in which case you're probably still stuck in the house and fairly terrified right now. There's a fair few selfish assholes about. But their willful ignorance and economic productivity is more important than your safety, so just try and keep that chin up and get over it. We could have just told them to carry on with the masks for a bit, but that would have been obviously authoritarian and we much prefer to just quietly chip away at the checks and balances on the power of the executive branch with the help of a complicit media establishment. If you just promise to shut up and get on with it, we'll get back to working on your priorities, like levelling up, and immigration, and shitting a brick over the Brexit deal we signed you all up to. Stop coughing, and look over there at that dinghy in the channel. We're not sending money to Europe any more, unless you count that 54 million to the French, of course. We're giving the NHS a 3% pay rise. A whole 3%. And we didn't even go to Eton with the NHS. Please remember to open windows and to shut the barn door long after the horse has bolted. You're on your own now, Britain. The link between cases and deaths has been severed, and all the scientists say so. Apart from the chief science officer, who literally says it's just been weakened. But don't point out that contradiction, or we'll have you thrown out of Parliament for calling us liars even though we definitely lied. Please continue to follow the government's example. Wash your hands of all responsibility at every opportunity. Maintain a safe 200 metre distance from all accountability at all times. Isolate when you are told to by a furious public backlash and not a moment before. Wear a face covering where possible, particularly if you're trying to have an affair in front of a CCTV camera. Save the economy by going to work. 
and if you're going to die, for the love of God, do it on a Sunday, so that we don't have to count it until Tuesday, and Monday's figures look a bit better, and become the ones we can bang on about all week. As always, thank you for not really paying attention, and continuing to vote for us regardless. Something something, Captain Hindsight Immigration, hands face space, keep life moving, protect the NHS. Listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Britain bakes in 30 degree heat as England opens up after lockdown, meaning that the country has now experienced the sweatiest unlocking since the end of the car scene in Titanic. Tommy Robinson loses a libel case brought against him by a Syrian schoolboy and is ordered to pay him £100,000, meaning that he now has to campaign against himself for giving free money to refugees. Labour MP Dawn Butler is thrown out of the Commons for calling Boris Johnson a liar, as the Deputy Speaker invokes an ancient clause designed to punish members of Parliament for unreasonably stating the obvious. And finally, Jeff Bezos flies into space for 11 minutes on his Blue Origins rocket, while everyone working for Amazon on Earth is disappointed to realise that no matter how high up he gets, none of his wealth ever trickles down to them. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're joining us in the middle of our national heatwave for the start of Season 5 of IC News. It's the sweatiest, stickiest, clammiest season yet, and we'll be feeling the skin on the thighs of the biggest stories of the week peeling off the leather of news as we stand up to deliver them. It's been an eventful couple of weeks, so let's make like Laura Koonsberg in front of Dominic Cummings' asshole, and for some weird reason, pretend to be completely naive about the way government operates before getting stuck straight in. The England football team saw their first major tournament final in decades, provided, of course, that you discount everything the English women's team have ever achieved. Which I do, because let's be honest, it's just not the same game, is it? There's no drama if we just win stuff and play well all the time. No thanks, ladies. You can take your athletic competence elsewhere, thank you very much. The men's final may have ended in yet another penalty shootout and more disappointment, but on the plus side, at least racism came home for a bit, even if football chose to stay in Italy. In the face of the appalling bigotry displayed by some fans towards England's black players, we were treated to an absolutely frantic display of backpedalling from some of our politicians, who were suddenly surprised that the divisions of the culture war they spent the last two years waging erupted into over-racism. Oh, and we were also treated to the embarrassing spectacle of Britain's best free speech anti-cancel culture news network, GB News, frantically censoring the free speech of one of its own presenters, before promptly cancelling his career, after he took the knee to protest racism live on air. That was quickly followed by the announcement that Nigel Farage is to join the network, who quickly promised that he wouldn't be taking the knee for anyone, presumably because posture is important, and you can get much more air into a racist dog whistle with a fully expanded diaphragm. The biggest story of the week, however, is undoubtedly the arrival of Freedom Day here in England. As pithy labels go, it's an interesting one, given that freedom isn't generally the term given to define a country's abject surrender to the exponential spread of a hostile invader. 
Despite the explosive spread of the Delta variant and the protestations of a wide-ranging chunk of the medical and scientific community, on Monday Boris Johnson's government pushed ahead with the final stage of England's unlocking, dropping the legal requirement for masks in shops and on public transport, and pivoting instead to a reliance on good old British common sense. The very same good old British common sense that, for some inexplicable reason, keeps voting for Boris Johnson. Freedom Day and the Tories' new mantra of keep life moving is all about greasing the cogs of the country's economy, but that recovery is threatened not just by Covid itself, but by the knock-on effect of staff shortages in every conceivable sector, as those potentially exposed to the virus self-isolate. It's affecting everyone, including podcasts, whose hosts have been forced to do silly voices and hastily written public service announcements when their intended correspondents find themselves having to isolate at home for ten days. We're landlocked here on Earth Prime this week as a result, but we do still have Tom King, who we now go to live for more on the problems of the national staffing crisis. The Pingdemic. As portmanteaus go, it's what connoisseurs of the craft call a real shitfest. Remember that pandemic thing you've all had enough of, everyone? Well, here's a much more trivial-sounding version of it for you all to be enormously annoyed by. Pingdemic just isn't a word to be taken seriously, and the British media know it. The connotations are clear. This whole situation is absurd and silly with a stupid cartoon name to match. The only logical response to such silliness is to ignore it completely by going about your business as usual. The government's clearly given up, and so should you. Click on just about any vaguely COVID-themed comments section on the internet right now and you'll see that Test and Trace is rapidly becoming the least welcome addition to the nation's smartphones since that surprise U2 album. The question, of course, is which is more torturous, an hour or so of unsolicited U2 or 10 days' worth of tedious self-isolation that potentially risks further damaging your already crippled finances? Neither of them are any fun! But at least you two never brought the country to a standstill. Not yet, anyway. I know it's been a grim 18 months, everyone, but that doesn't mean we should drop our guard. We should never underestimate Bono's uncanny ability to make any situation just that little bit worse. But I've digressed. This week, over 600,000 people have been pinged by NHS Test and Trace and told that they need to self-isolate. The knock-on effect of staff absences is affecting schools, hospitality venues, retail businesses and supply chains up and down the country. That in turn threatens our wider economic recovery. Some limited exemptions to the need to self-isolate are on the horizon, with some employees in key industries to be asked to take daily tests instead. But what's important to remember here is that this absolute ping party is not a flaw of the app. Yes, there are plenty of questions to be asked about just how efficient and effective it is. Those are inevitable, given that it's cost more money than the average contents of one of Scrooge McDuck's honking feathery wank fantasies. But the simple fact that the app is now telling tens of thousands of people to isolate isn't a programming flaw or the result of some errant piece of code. It's a direct result of an infection rate that's currently shooting through the roof in truly horrifying fashion. Remember that guy Noel Edmonds killed in the 90s? It's going through the roof like that. 
This was an entirely predictable outcome of the government's desperate bend over backwards to accommodate the libertarian wing of the Tory party and their raging hard-on for a caution-free end to the English lockdown. The pandemic lays bare the inherent contradiction in Boris Johnson's decision to yet again prioritise the economy over public health. The two are simply not divisible, and there's no ignoring a rapidly spreading new variant of COVID without causing further economic damage. I cannot stress enough that it is absolutely fucking mental that we are still making the exact same mistakes we've made over and over again throughout this crisis. Yes... Those that are vaccinated are no longer getting as seriously ill as they once would, but there are still countless millions of unvaccinated or single vaccinated younger people in the UK. And that lovely big pool of circulating virus puts everyone at completely unnecessary risk. Isolation is now the only way to mitigate that risk, but it carries with it huge consequences for the ability of businesses up and down the country to operate. Tom, sorry to interrupt, can you hear me? Hi Sam, yes. Yes, I can hear you. I know exactly what you're going to say. I'm sorry about the noise. It's just my burglar alarm. It's way too sensitive. Then it goes off all the time. Are you sure? That kind of sounds like something horrible is happening. Uh, I'm sure it's just the wife watching telly or something. Honestly, it's fine. It does this every other day. You just kind of learn to live with it and carry on. It'll turn itself off in a minute. Tom, seriously, I think your wife might have just been kidnapped. See, told you, nothing to worry about. Tom? Sorry, mate, Uh, one sec. Hello? Yeah, this is Tom King. Right. Right. Okay, uh, but I haven't got... Oh. Oh. Uh, Well, I guess in that case... I better get to the bank, hadn't I? Okay then. All right. Thanks. Cheers then. Bye bye now. Is everything all right, Tom? <laughs> no, not at all, Sam. I'm Tom King, and I've just made a terrible mistake reporting for IC News. Oh, great. And now I've got to fucking isolate. Well, I guess she's dead then. Now, if you live in Northern Ireland, it's not just the Covid staffing crisis that might be affecting what you're able to buy in the supermarket. Brexit continues to be the gift that just keeps on giving, and this week the UK took the extraordinary step of announcing that it would be petitioning the EU to essentially rewrite the entire linchpin of the withdrawal agreement. The EU so far have been big horrible meanies by insisting that we stick to the exact legal wording of the Northern Ireland Protocol that we willingly signed up to and then rammed through Parliament without any time for our lawmakers to scrutinise it properly. And as a result, tensions between the bloc and Britain have never been... Well, actually, they've been exactly this tense for fucking ages. Live in the studio now to discuss the details of this extraordinary move from Lord Frost and the government in general, it's our trade correspondent, Che Burnley. Che, before we begin, I'd just like to say welcome back to the network, and I hope you've had a peaceful, relaxing, and generally non-eventful couple of weeks off. Are you taking the fucking piss? No, why would I be? Because you're talking to the only black guy at the network, Sam. 
Have you read any papers on news websites over the last fortnight? Oh, right, yeah, the um stuff. Yes, Sam, the stuff. If by stuff you mean the eruption of the culture war into the exact sort of outright racism black people have long been insisting still exists in this country, you know, just some stuff we've all had to deal with, nothing major, not a significant flashpoint in a deeply divided society or anything like that, Jay, I just want to cover the Northern Ireland Protocol. It's been four seasons. We've never covered the Northern Ireland Protocol. Not really. Not properly. And you are our trade correspondent. This is kind of an open goal for you. What the fuck do you mean by that? I mean it's an open goal, Che. An easy win. One you should be able to knock straight into the back of the net. Are you doing this on purpose? Doing what on purpose? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here, Sam. But but only because I suspect you might understand even less about football than you do about race. What's race got to do with any of this? All I'm saying is that I chose you for this story on the Northern Ireland Protocol because I believed you were the best man for it. The best man to step up to the spot and fire a report past the waiting hands of the government spin doctors, who have been desperate to deflect any criticism of this mess. You can't possibly be unaware of what you're doing right now. I'm trying to get you to do your job, Che. To just play the ball in front of you instead of meandering about all over the place in the run-up to it. This is bullshit. Next you'll be telling me that I should be concentrating on my job instead of playing politics. What? You're our trade correspondent. I literally want you to play politics. I am very confused by this extended metaphor, Sam. So am I. Look, maybe we should just start again. I just want to cover the Northern Ireland Protocol, Che. And I'd love to have the mental headroom for it, mate. I really would. But I'm just tired. I'm so, so tired. I'm, I'm tired of being told that I should adjust my means of peaceful protest until it's acceptable to the bigots. I'm tired of our leaders pretending that they haven't found the flames of these divisions. I'm tired of finding out that our best black footballers are only truly considered to be English enough when they're winning. I'm tired of the press tearing down young, successful black men who are fighting to make a difference in our communities. But above all else, I'm tired of being told that all these concerns are imaginary or divisive in themselves. I'm sick of being told I should just put up or shut up until the racism becomes explicit again. And I'm sick of the panic reactions from our politicians and press outlets who then pretend to be surprised when it does and it turns out that we really don't yet live in a glorious post-racial utopia. I'm tired of not covering the Northern Ireland Protocol. Oh, for fuck's sake, fine. The problems with the protocol are not unseen flaws in the agreement. It's working exactly as it was intended to. To maintain the open border on the island of Ireland, you either adhere to EU standards as a whole, or you draw a thicker border in the Irish Sea. The government negotiated and agreed to this deal, and they have since proven themselves to be untrustworthy partners in enforcing it, meaning that we have absolutely no negotiating power left to wield. The EU aren't budging because we've already demonstrated that we aren't to be trusted. Neither the European Union or the Biden administration want to see the protocol reworked. So we're essentially heading towards an inevitable climb down and humiliating U-turn from this government that brings us into closer regulatory alignment with the EU's goods and phytosanitary standards. All alternative options have already been ruled out by this shit shower of an administration and literally nothing else remains, barring tearing up the withdrawal agreement entirely and admitting that this whole fucking mess was unworkable all along. Are you happy now? Yes, that's literally all I wanted. See, I knew you could fire this one home. I believe in you, Che. I hate you, Sam. You know that, right? Yeah, but it gets results. Best manager ever!
That thrilling 3-2 nail-biter brings us to the end of our broadcast. We hope you'll continue to join us on our new release day, which is each and every Sunday at 8am. Until next week, we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. The Police Federation declares that it no longer has any confidence in Home Secretary Priti Patel, presumably because she's now so full of spite that they can't get any confidence into her. TV personality and racist pony miscarriage Katie Hopkins is deported from Australia and fired from taking part in Big Brother after boasting about breaking the country's strict quarantine rules, as it turns out that sometimes the harsh border policies she loves so much can actually keep out dangerous hate preachers. Virgin Media warns its customers to keep their routers out of the sun, as excessive heat may cause them to actually start working properly. And finally, M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old, opens to mixed reviews. In the film, the characters find themselves wasting their lives and ageing prematurely, which is a callback to the way audiences felt watching After Earth, The Happening and The Last Airbender. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind our bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar.